We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef from HassleCattleCompany.com. It's so damn good that you can now get Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. We couldn't resist putting it on our menu, so stop by. Whether it's a watch party or just a random Tuesday afternoon with the finest beef around from HassleCattleCompany.com. And now Hassle is hooking you up with a special holiday discount of 15% off your entire purchase. Just use code DNVR15 at checkout. That's HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Promo code DNVR15 saves you 15% this holiday season. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG and can be delivered to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, however frequently you need. Their CBD infused coffee has got me feeling fantastic since it can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, even IBS, other things than that as well. Plus, there are zero coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day, which I typically do. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use promo code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we celebrate day 14 of the lockout. Well, not really celebrate, but we're going to talk about the Rockies' new coaching staff for 2022. We'll try to find an extension for Ryan McMahon that goes beyond the 2023 season as he only has two more years left of club control before he hits free agency. And would Japanese outfielder Seiya Suzuki be a good fit for the Colorado Rockies next season? We'll talk about all of this, but we start with the new coaching staff, six returning to the Denver Rockies coaching staff with one in a new role and three brand new coaches. If you can't quite recall who's been fired or let go, well, that's probably because all of the major players are going to be returning next season. Of course, manager Bud Black will be back for his sixth season at the helm, along with bench coach Mike Redman, hitting coach Dave Magadan, third base coach Stu Cole, and first base coach Ron Gideon, all reprising their roles from 2021. The other mainstay is Daryl Scott, who was the bullpen coach each of the last two seasons. He's been promoted to pitching coach, taking over for Steve Foster, who has reportedly graduated into a more prominent role in the organization. The director of pitching operations, Mark Wiley, recently retired after about nine seasons in that role. So it's expected that Steve Foster will be doing similar things within the organization. But Daryl Scott in as the full-time pitching coach, Taking his place as the bullpen coach is 51-year-old Reed Cornelius. This will be his 33rd season in professional baseball, having recently served as the Marlins rehabilitation pitching coach in 2021. But prior to that, he has been with the Marlins for numerous years, about 14 seasons, including a stint with Mike Redman when he was with the Marlins in 2013 through 2015. Did have a 13-year playing career. Had a couple stints in the majors with the Expos in 95, as well as Mets, then with the Florida Marlins, as they were known back in 99 and 2000. 
assistant hitting coach Jeff Salazar is gone and replacing him will be Andy Gonzalez, a 39-year-old coach who's been with the Rockies the last several seasons, the last three of which he was in charge of the camps and the fundamentals. He was the coordinator for that. He's a Puerto Rican native who spent three seasons in the bigs with the White Sox, with Cleveland and the Marlins in 2007 through 2009. He's actually only the second Puerto Rican coach on the Rockies coaching staff and first since Sandy Alomar Sr. in 2003 and 2004. So it's nice to see some diversity back on the coaching staff, the first one since Tony Diaz left the organization to join the Minnesota Twins. P.J. Pilateri will also be an assistant hitting coach for the Rockies. He spent his entire professional career with the New York Yankees, first as a minor leaguer, originally being drafted as a catcher with the organization back in 2004, and then his entire coaching career was with the Yankees. In fact, the last four years, he served a similar role as the assistant hitting coach for the New York Yankees. This brings the Rockies coaching staff to nine. If you throw in Aaron Munoz, who I believe should be back, he's a bullpen catcher who's been somewhat prominent for the organization, especially when you consider all of those Zoom conference calls in which Antonio Senzatella or Hermen Marquez have needed translators. Aaron Munoz has been the guy who stepped in in that role. Aaron Cunningham was also another bullpen catcher over the last couple seasons. So really, those are two contributors to the coaching staff as well. So you can consider it to be somewhere between 9 and 11 coaches. Last year, the Giants essentially broke the record with, I think, 16 coaches. There may have been a 17th snuck in there if you include the bullpen catcher, but 16 full-time coaches on their big league staff, a very diverse group that Gabe Kapler brought in to really ensure that every player would be able to have their voice heard, that every player would have numerous opportunities to make connections with a coaching staff member. It's a lot harder to do when there's a small staff. So the larger you can make it, the better off it's going to be for your entire big league club. We saw the impacts of that with the Giants last year, winning 107 games. You can't really point to a handful of players who were just superstars. I know Brandon Crawford, believe finished fourth in National League MVP voting, but he was a bounce-back candidate. Brandon Belt did a nice job as a veteran. Buster Posey did a good job. And then after that, it was really just everybody playing over their head. And a lot of that, I think, deserves to be credited to manager Gabe Kapler and his very large coaching staff. As I mentioned at the start of the show, Ryan McMahon's extension, what does that look like? Before we get to that, we should get an idea what extensions are? What What is the purpose of having extension? Why are they important? Now, there are ultimately two types of extensions. Now, in the most vaguest sense, any player who is signed to a guaranteed contract is given an extension if they are under club control. You may have remembered Trevor Story signing a two-year $27.5 million extension before the 2020 season. Now, he was already under club control. He was going to be a Colorado Rockies player so long as Colorado tendered him a contract, which obviously they were going to do. When a team does not tender a player a contract, that's because they simply don't want to pay them the going rate. 
either before arbitration or after arbitration. But when we're talking about quality players like a Trevor Story or Ryan McMahon, you know that they're going to be tendered a contract. So you can sign a player to an extension whereby you are just giving him guaranteed money and you and the player don't need to go through arbitration. You don't need to go through this really difficult process by which you're talking to three arbitration lawyers who aren't baseball fans. They don't really know too much about baseball. And you need to articulate why your player who's sitting across from you at the table is not worth a certain dollar amount, is not worth what he and his agency feels they are worth. In fact, they're worth less than that. So you need to articulate that. It's a very uncomfortable process. It's part of the business. A lot of players almost prefer to do that if they want to get a taste for that business side because, yes, it's not fun, but they may need to know what that business side looks like when they become a free agent or if they want to become a baseball lifer, as it were, and really understand all the various machinations that go into the business side of baseball. Players' contracts are controlled for six years by their parent club once they are in the majors. And normally, whenever I had previously thought about extensions, that makes you think of a longer period of time. Well, Trevor Story's two-year $27.5 million extension didn't keep him in purple any longer than we were expecting him to. It was still the exact same two years. So to me, I almost think the traditional sense of extension is locking up a player beyond when they would become a free agent. And that's something that the Rockies were able to do with Herman Marquez a few years ago. And I'll explain why that was so important, not just for Marquez, but for the Rockies organization and how that could somehow lead to an extension for Ryan McMahon. What I don't need to explain is how great being a member of the DNVR com is you can try it out right now for 50 cents and when you do of course you get exclusive content from all the major sports here in denver broncos nuggets avs rockies as well as fantastic college coverage of the cu buffs csu rams when you come down to the dnvr bar on the corner of colfax in york you do get a bigger beer and you can do that at any of our watch parties in fact they're going on every single day this week Nuggets on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Avalanche on Thursday and Saturday. We even have CU and CSU going on at 12 and 2.30 on Saturday. These all get kicked off around 5.30, 6 o'clock. Check that out. And don't forget, on Sunday, another big Broncos game. They're taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. You can watch at the bar with your bigger beer, if you're a member, at 2.05. Or even better, if you got tickets to the game, or even if you don't, you could just tailgate your butt off because we've got a cool program going on whereby it's all-you-can-eat sexy pizza, all-you-can-drink Breckenridge Brewery, all kinds of giveaways. You're hanging out with various DNVR personalities on the corner of 18th and Federal. It's right behind Sports Fan. If you want, you can actually come to the bar early, get a ticket on dnvrlocker.com, but you go up, but you show up to the bar at 10 a.m., you get to hang out for a little bit before the shuttle takes you over to the stadium. It will bring you back to the bar once the game is over. And yes, you don't have to worry about paying for parking or getting an Uber. 
while 25,000 other Broncos fans are looking to do the exact same things. Those are just some of the perks of being a member of the DNVR.com. And your annual membership does get you a free shirt from DNVRlocker.com as well. We've also got a new sponsor that you should be supporting. It's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. Their Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's one that's designed to fit everybody. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. Why is that important? Well, what you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. Typically, one mattress can last up to about eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter or maybe healthier and definitely older. You can customize it to your comfort. Soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Any of those choices you can have. It's something made by Colorado, but designed for the world. SnoozeSleep.com. Use promo code DNVR when you visit SnoozeSleep.com and receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off adjustable base when using code DNVR. So what exactly is sexy pizza? It's all you can eat at the tailgates, but what is it? Well, it's a community-owned pizzeria that's been in Denver for 13 years. It's as local as it gets. They've got hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch-each-morning dough. It's delicious. The coolest part about sexy pizza, though, are their philanthropies. They've got five specialty pies in which they donate to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado for every pie that you get. In fact, if you're looking to have sexy pizza support your organization or event, you got to go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their about page for the donations link to see how sexy pizza can support your cause. Stop by any of their four Denver locations in Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, with a new location in Trinidad, Colorado, coming soon. Ahead of that 2019 season, the Rockies and Hermen Marquez came together on a nice extension that kept him in purple for several years. In fact, the importance of that deal is that Hermen Marquez would be a free agent after this season had they not agreed to that. He's locked up for 2023 as well, and there's even a club option in 2024, which means they'll probably be around in Colorado for all three years at a rate that's ultimately less than what the Texas Rangers are paying for John Gray. Gray, of course, got four years, $56 million from the Texas Rangers. Marquez, should that option be picked up for 2024, is going to make $42.6 million. So a hair more than 14 mil per year. And that's only if the option does get picked up in 2024 for Herman Marquez for his age 27, 28, and 29 season. In fact, it wouldn't shock me if the Rockies came together with another extension with Marquez before the end of the 2023 season. They did it with Todd Helton, who got two extensions. They did it with Troy Tulowitzki, who got two extensions. And so quite possibly the greatest pitcher in team history could be in line to join that group. Now, one of the cool tools that we've used in the past last year, we really featured it a bit more prominently on our free trade Friday shows. It's something called baseball trade values.com. And what it does is it tries to put a number, it tries to calculate the value of a player. So if you wanted to acquire Mike Trout, you could look to see what his value is and find out reasonably what a team would have to give up in order to acquire a Mike Trout. Of course, the Angels are not looking to deal 
a once-in-a-generation player of his ability level, but if you were to create a trade proposal for just about any other player that's not considered one of the best in the game, you could figure out what your team would need to give up to acquire this other player. Now, these values are very true to what goes on behind the scenes with organizations because they're looking at several things. Obviously, the first thing you're looking at is the talent of the player. That obviously is the number one thing when you're trying to make a trade, when you're trying to sign a free agent, when you're calling up a player from the minors. Look, bottom line, what is this guy going to do for my club? What is he going to provide statistically for the big league club? That's number one. But equally as important is the player's contract status. How many more years of club control does the team have from this player? And depending on the contract that the player is signed to, that could create even more value. As we said with Hermen Marquez, not having even gone onto the free agent market, yet he got free agent money. Hermen Marquez is the most valuable trade chip that the Rockies have. It's why his name comes up more than any on the Rockies roster when you look at what other teams want to acquire. And it's not just because he's in his prime. Ages 27 through 29, he is locked up. But it's because of the value of his contract. Now, obviously, Herman Marquez is not in the same class as Max Scherzer. But how much better is Max Scherzer than Herman Marquez? Scherzer is going to make about $43 million for the next three years, and Herman Marquez is going to make about a third of that. A third of that. Is he real, is, is Scherzer really three times better than Herman Marquez? It would be hard to try to figure out if Scherzer was twice as good as Marquez, and, and maybe he is twice as good. But how are you three times as good as a Herman Marquez each and every start? So that's one of the reasons why Herman is so valuable because he's young, he's under team control for three years, not one, not two, and he's not being paid very much. For a guy who's a number one, number two starter, He's actually making the same money as essentially a number three starter in John Gray, who could become a number two starter and is a number two starter at times. Yet Marquez, although he's better and still has more upside, is making the same thing as a number three starter. That's part of his value. That is why teams are so interested in Marquez. It's his ability and his contract status. That's why Brendan Rodgers and Austin Gomber are right there as number two and number three. Gomber, obviously, he's only shown his ability for this one season with the Rockies, or at least as close as you could imagine a full season for him. But he's still under team control for four more seasons. That's a lot. When you really start to dig into a tool like BaseballTradeValues.com, it'll really help you appreciate roster construction. And not just from the construction of, hey, I need a shortstop. Who do I get? Who should we trade for? But no, it's really it's really to see the value of players. Take take a guy like Dansby Swanson, who going into this past season, I think still had about three years of club control. Would you have traded Trevor Story for Dansby Swanson? Now, obviously, Story is 
quite better than Swanson. But you'd get three years of Dansby Swanson for only one year of Trevor Story. And if the Rockies were not really going to contend in 2021, which none of us believe they were going to, wouldn't it have been better to trade Trevor Story to get three years of Dansby Swanson? And here we wouldn't be talking about who the shortstop should be for this organization going forward for the next two years before Ezekiel Tovar gets here. So those are some of the considerations that have to be taken in baseball trade values really helps with that. So let's get to Ryan McMahon, who's has the fourth most highest value on the major league roster right now. And let's go ahead and compare him with another third baseman who has only two years left of club control. And that's 2021 all-star Joey Wendell. Now Wendell is a couple years older than McMahon, but he was recently traded from Tampa Bay to Miami for a prospect that's no longer a top 100 prospect. He was a first round pick, 35th overall in 2019, Cameron Meisner, who going into that season was slated to be around the fifth pick, 10th pick, top five, top 10, had a really bad season at the University of Missouri. And so fell. I saw him a bit in November in the Arizona Fall League. Wasn't really impressed, but Tampa Bay ends up getting six years of Cameron Meisner. And at least under the previous CBA, if they wait to call him up until the end of April or maybe early May, really they'll have him for just about seven years. And so you begin to get an idea the value of that. Now, McMahon, because I think he's got a bit more of an upside, I think Joey Wendell has probably already found his ceiling. So Tampa's trading high and they're getting somebody on the low side. And again, if Meisner's going to Tampa Bay, you know, he might be the next superstar in the next year or two because everything Tampa touches seems to turn to gold. But McMahon's a little bit younger, projects to possibly have a bit more upside. And so could the Rockies get more than Tampa got for Joey Wendell? I would tend to think so. Again, they're not trading Ryan McMahon. But again, that gives you some idea as far as what Colorado would be able to get. And if you need an idea about who to turn to for your dentistry, we'll look no further than the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group, especially since they deserve to take some credit for all of those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially as of late with the big Broncos victory, Nuggets hanging in there despite all the injuries and the Avs scoring about 14 goals a game. Green Mountain Dental Group deserves to take all the credit for our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to keep them smiling, those big, bright smiles. And they made Green Mountain Dental Group their permanent family dentist, and we appreciate that. And they're giving back, too, to you, because if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll actually receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group, located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And when they do, when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR because new customers can bet just $1 
on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Your Colorado rugby team is back again, but now they're the American Raptors. If you didn't know, the American Raptors are a top-notch group of athletes who've already competed at the highest level of their respective sport, like football, basketball, wrestling, soccer, baseball, track and field. And now they're learning a new one. You could learn with them, with our guy Colton Strickler, who's got it all covered on the weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for him and learn more about rugby with Colton's one-on-one rugby podcast with exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches. Plus, the DNVR Rugby podcast provides betting advice on the Super Rugby that starts at the end of February, right when football season finishes. You can head over to AmericanRaptors.com to score free tickets. Yes, free or to stream any of their games. All of that and more can be found on AmericanRaptors.com. So let's look for some more comparisons. So we're not just out in the weeds and throwing numbers against the wall, which is fun to do, but let's do it in an informed fashion. So let's look at Ryan McMahon's career, and we're particularly going to focus on the last three seasons. But if we take a baseline of 310 on base percentage and 420 slugging percentage, because you know what? There could be a little, there could be a step back for McMahon in the next year or two. Obviously, that would be disappointing. We certainly think there's going to be a step forward. But you know what? We don't want to cut out too many folks. And over the last 10 plus seasons from 2010 to 2021, sorting it so that we get rid of the the riffraff where this guy only played 75 games and had some really good numbers, couldn't stay healthy or, or really seemed to have lost the magic at some point. We'll only include players who've had at least 300 games, which Ryan McMahon has done. And in the last decade, 241 players have batted 310. 241 players have had an on-base percentage of 310 or higher and a slugging percentage of 420 or higher. That's a lot. Well, let's just look at the last three seasons. How about that? 310 on-base percentage, 420 slugging percentage. Now what are we talking? Only 80 players. Only 80 players have been able to do that. If we look just at home runs, McMahon's 56 in these last three seasons. They rank 49th. Who else does he compare to exactly? Well, once you sort it by on-base percentage, you can see that recently released Colin Moran of the Pittsburgh Pirates actually fits in pretty well with McMahon, which doesn't bode well if the Pirates are getting rid of a guy. Uh, what should that say about Ryan McMahon? Different situation. Moran is a bit older only by a year, and really took a step backwards in 2021. But overall, you look at the last three seasons, you say, hmm, here's a Ryan McMahon version, if you will, on the cheap. Plays more first base than third base, like when he first came up, and doesn't really have a a spot on the Rockies. I say that because I did suggest a week or two ago that Colin Moran could be a cheap option for the Colorado Rockies to pick up as, as a depth piece. They don't really need him, but all things being the same, you know what, maybe you kick the tires on him, and you're able to do some platooning with a Colin Moran in your lineup. But similarities in on-base percentage, 327 to 325 in favor of Colin Moran. 
445 to 424 in slugging percentage in favor of Ryan McMahon. Jock Peterson is also a similar player to Ryan McMahon. 320 on base percentage over the last three years, much higher slugging percentage, 471, than Ryan McMahon's 445 figure. He also has the postseason pedigree. But this offseason, if you want to get an idea of what Ryan McMahon's market might look like, you could look to Jock Peterson. You know, in some ways, it is similar to John Gray and Herman Marquez, where you go and see what a number three starter is going to get on the free agent market, four years, 56 million. It makes you think, wow, if Herman Marquez were a free agent today, well, he wouldn't be able to do anything because there's a lockout. But all things being the same, what would he be worth today? Or what would he be worth after this next season? And you begin to realize, wow, the Rockies got themselves a deal and they did really good by themselves, by giving Marquez that extension that bought out some of his years of free agency, which really is what you want to do when you're giving out these extensions. Now, Peterson's not a top 50 free agent, but Jock, in my opinion, would be lucky to get something like two years, $18 million. And that gives you an idea of where Ryan McMahon would be in the free agent market. Now, Ryan McMahon is projected to make about $5.5 million in arbitration. He might come to a deal with the Rockies before then. And if he has a really solid 2022 season, well, that could mean $8, $9, $10 million in 2023. So overall, those two years, he could get around two years, $14 million. Not bad for a player who's not yet on the free agent market. Now, we also need to look at other extensions for players. Now, there's only 14 instances in the past two decades of a player signing an extension that eats up some of his free agent years at this stage of his career. And really, we're only looking at corner infielders and second basemen. One similarity in the past five years was a deal that Miguel Sano signed with the Minnesota Twins, three years, $30 million. Now, as I've just said, McMahon in arbitration is set to make about $14 million over the next two years. And so if you buy out one year of free agency, that one year would almost be worth $16 million if you were to give him the same deal as Miguel Sano. Three years, $30 million for Ryan McMahon. Does that move the needle enough for Ryan McMahon and his camp? They would get guaranteed $14 million for the next two years because it's not guaranteed right now. If Ryan McMahon gets hurt, needs Tommy John surgery, or just loses it, just has the yips, can't throw the ball over to first base, doesn't have a position, starts striking out like Chris Davis. Well, you know what? They Rockies might even just non-tender him, and he's got to try to find a home and make a couple million dollars for 2023. We know that that's not going to happen, but those are the risks you take if you don't sign a guaranteed deal. But let's look at a Brandon Belt contract. Go one more year back, six years ago, Brandon Belt signed a six-year, $79 million contract. Now, this was after his age 27 season, right at the start of the year. They announced it in April. That actually ended up being an all-star season for Brandon Belt, the only one of his career. Think about that. Brandon Belt, a name we know very well from the NL West, who's made some good money here as a major leaguer. He should go over the $100 million mark with the qualifying offer that he accepted this offseason. But if you look at his slash lines from the previous three years, 
before he was at that stage, before he was at four years of service time, which is where Ryan McMahon is at. Let's look at both of their previous three years up to that point. For Brandon Belt, it was 277 batting average to Ryan McMahon's 247. Edge goes to Belt. 349 on base percentage, 325 on base percentage for Ryan McMahon. Again, edge to Brandon Belt. Belt slugged 474. Ryan McMahon has slugged 445 in the last three years. So Brandon Belt has been or was a better player to this stage in Ryan McMahon's career. If we're looking at the first four plus seasons of their careers, Brandon Belt was better and he got six years, $79 million. So if we use that as the height of where Ryan McMahon can go, and we use Miguel Sano's three years, 30 million. Well, Ryan McMahon is set to make somewhere in the middle, probably a bit closer to Brandon Belt since, hey, a few years have gone by. So with inflation, he's going to get paid more money. We know that. And the fact of the matter is a lot of players from Latin American countries simply don't come from the same wealth as American or Canadian born players. So they are more willing to go out and accept these kind of deals because it is generational changing type money. It's guaranteed. Whereas if you don't sign that, you are leaving it up to chance. Now, Ronald Acuna Jr. signed an eight-year, $100 million extension that was a bit silly. His agents did a very poor job. The Players Association is not happy with how much money was left on the table. But for Ronald Acuna Jr., He's got guaranteed cash that's going to change his family's life for generations. And when you look at the fact that he missed the entire second half of the season, he's since back in a batting cage, getting himself back at it. And you got to think that he's going to be healthy for opening day next year, should we have it on April 1st. But what if this young man has numerous more injuries and becomes the great what if? Well, guess what? He's going to get paid every penny of that contract. Had he not signed it, he would have gotten a pittance. So when it comes to Ryan McMahon, the bottom three years, 30 million, which he would not sign, nor should he. And the top is six years, 79 million, which the Rockies wouldn't offer him. I think the solution is in the middle. Five years, $60 million. You give McMahon 5 million for this year. So a little less than he was expecting in arbitration. Give him seven and a half next year. And that means for his age 29 through 31 season, you're buying out those free agent years at $47.5 million. You're basically paying him a little bit more than $15 million a season. Now, the question is, would McMahon accept a deal like that? Would the Rockies offer him up a contract of that magnitude? Now, on McMahon's side, look, he saw what happened with Nolan Arenado. He saw Trevor Story, John Gray move on. Maybe he doesn't want to associate himself anymore with the organization, or he sees the young guys down in the lower levels of the minor leagues and says, I want to be around for when those guys get here. I like it in Colorado. Denver is an amazing sports town. It's a beautiful city. We all know that. And so he's going to be very comfortable with a deal of that size. But do the Rockies really need Ryan McMahon beyond the next two years? There's already cheaper options in Colton Welker, Ella Harris Montero, maybe Aaron Schunk, 
who was a third baseman, has really been playing more second base as of late. Does Brendan Rodgers move over to third base by that point? And Shunk's now at second base. There are a lot of options at the corner infield spots. And so a lot of that remains to be seen going forward between the Rockies and Ryan McMahon. And if they can come together for an extension that goes beyond the 2023 season. Same is true for Ryan Altapia. He'll be a free agent in two years. Same is true of Kyle Freeland. In fact, come January 1st, in just a couple weeks, Freeland, Tapia, and McMahon will be able to say, we're all going to become free agents after next season. Not this season, not 2022, but after next season. Think about that. They're going to be free agents after next season. They'll start saying that in January 1st. And so if you want to keep this core together, that's been under Bud Black for the past five plus years, you may need to figure out an extension with Ryan McMahon. While I'm handing out other people's money, might as well talk about Seiya Suzuki. Who is Seiya Suzuki? Well, he's a 27-year-old Japanese outfielder. He's the latest, greatest superstar to come over from the NPB, the Nippon Professional Baseball League. Last year, Suzuki posted a slash line of 317, 433, 636, with 38 homers, 26 doubles, 9 steals for the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. He walked 87 times and struck out 88 times. You know he's kicking himself for that last strikeout, almost exactly the same amount. Dude puts the ball in play and does it with power. Now, going back to 2018, Suzuki's been just as dominant, very consistent, in fact. 319, 435, 592 slash line, 121 homers, 115 doubles in over 2,000 plate appearances. What about defensively? What are we getting as far as an outfielder goes? Well, he won his fifth Gold Glove Award as a right fielder, but there's been some speculation that, you know what, he could be could be an option in center, at least for the next season or two. Now, the Rockies need some thump in the middle of their lineup. They could also use a defensive center fielder or just a center fielder, someone who's capable. Jorge Soler, Kyle Schwarber, even Nick Castellanos has been bandied about for Colorado, but none of those guys can play center field. So Suzuki would really tick off all of those boxes. And because he's being posted, he's not a straight free agent. So he's not going to get the typical money that a normal 27-year-old free agent of his magnitude is set to make. Now, what I haven't mentioned is the fact that Suzuki is a right-handed hitter. Why is that important? Well, because when we think of the great Japanese hitters, Many of them are left-handed. Ichiro, Hideki Matsui are obviously the first two off the top of your head. But when you think about the right-handed hitters, they haven't had quite as much success. Only three have ever hit 20 or more home runs. Tsuyoshi Shinjo for the Mets and Giants in 2001-2003 hit 20. Tadahito Aguchi hit 44 from 2005 to 2008. Won a World Series with the White Sox in that 05 season. Went to the NLDS with the Phillies in 2007. That didn't work out because of the Colorado Rockies and Rocktober. Too bad, so sad, Tad. 
and number one all time with 48 home runs, a guy I used to adore coming up, Kenji Jojima with the Seattle Mariners from 2006 to 2009. He he does not get enough credit. He does not get mentioned quite enough. But that's a really small group. And really, in a season and a half, Suzuki could probably have the new record for right-handed hitting sluggers that are Japanese-born. Well, who else is interested in Suzuki? Because, you know, the Rockies can't just go in, put in a bid, and boom. Now they've they've got themselves a new center fielder, new cleanup hitter, new five-hole hitter, whatever it may be, and feel a lot better about their lineup for 2022. They're going to have to battle against a couple teams. Now, Suzuki's agent said back in November there were eight different teams that had expressed serious interest. Yankees. Red Sox, Blue Jays, Texas Rangers. Yeah, they're still looking to spend more money. They are all at the top of that list. So are the Rockies in the mix? Are they one of the eight teams? Probably not. Probably not. The Rockies and their connection with the Asian market is not great. It hasn't been great. They don't want to say they exclude themselves from it, but they are just not really players. Unfortunately, they haven't had a Japanese player since everybody's guy. I was going to say your guy. If you're listening to this, your guy was Kaz Matsui. Oh, my guy was Kaz Matsui. He was everybody's guy. 2006, 2007, he was the last one. But before him, the first one was in 1997, Jeff McCurry. Yes, that's right. The first Japanese-born player in Rockies history was Jeff McCurry. And the third was Craig House in 2000. Figure that one out. But second, also in 2000, you may have remembered Masato Yoshi. And in 2001, you might remember right-handed reliever Mac Suzuki. But that's not all. There's been a total of 11 players born in Asia who have played for the Rockies. Filipino reliever Bobby Chenard in 2000-2001. From Singapore, Robin Jennings who played one game for the Rockies in 2001 and was stuck with a negative 0.2 wins above replacement by baseball reference. He got a negative 0.1 on defense, negative 0.1 on offense, even though he only played one game. And it wasn't that bad. He had three at-bats, no hits, struck out once. According to baseball reference, it has to round up, I guess. So it rounds up to negative 0.1. And he did make an error in left field, so that's where he gets his negative .1 wins above replacement. But if you look in the context of the game, it wasn't really that important because it was a 10-0 loss to the Giants. Bonds hit two home runs off Mike Hampton. From Taiwan, Chin Hui So from 2003 to 2005. He popped up on our Twitter timeline. Recently, there was some conversation about him. If you get a chance, take a spin on his Wikipedia page. Interesting cat, to say the least. From South Korea, Sun Woo Kim, 2005 to 2006. And then from 2005 to 2007, Byung Young Kim. He's remembered most for blowing two saves in the 2001 World Series, but despite the failures in the World Series against the Yankees, he actually became the first Korean-born and first Asian-born player to appear in the World Series. If you know your history, you know the Diamondbacks did defeat the Yankees in 2001. So Byung-Yung Kim became the first Korean and Asian-born player to win a World Series. 
That being said, Kim started 49 games in his first two years with the Rockies. That's right. The guy who was the closer for the D-backs in 2001 became a starting pitcher with the Rockies in 2005 and six. Only Jeff Francis and Jason Jennings, who only had three more starts than Kim, ended up tallying more days on the bump for the Rockies in those two years. Then we had about a nine-year lapse. It wasn't until Sung Wan Oh joined the Rockies in 2018 and in 2019. On Wednesday, we're looking to bring you another live show. We're tentatively scheduled for 1 p.m. So if you listen to this before then or at 1, jump on over to the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube where we should be going live. If not, that interview will still be brought to you on Thursday. Special guest, special first-time guest. This is someone that I we may have had on the draft show back in 2020 where we had something like 35 different guests. But he hasn't been on the show at any other point in the DNVR Rockies podcast history. So I'm really excited to bring big Denver sports fan onto the show. If you happen to only listen via podcast, that's quite all right. Please make sure you leave us a review. That's a major way that helps everybody in the company, especially myself. But leave that review. It's really, really appreciated. You can leave me a direct review if you'd like. Send me an email, patrick at the dnvr.com. My DMs are always open on Twitter, at Patrick D. Lyons, and we love bringing you the best Rockies coverage in the world, really. You can get all of that on the dnvr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at dnvr underscore Rockies as well. So for DNVR Sports, I am Patrick Lyons. Thank you for tuning in to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from the Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.